Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning and welcome back to our number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. It is Tuesday, May the 31st on your Tucson Tuesday. It is 8.03 uh, and welcome. Whether you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com or via your Alexa-enabled devices, I do appreciate you tuning in here the Jeff Dean Show. Uh, I know that you have a, an option of where to lend your ears and get your sports news, information, entertainment, and opinions, and I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show. And because of that, I'm going to give back to the community. Give back with some tickets right now. We have tickets to go see Gabriel Iglesias in the Fluffy Comedy Tour coming up in July. That's July 16th at the Ava Amphitheater Casino del Sol. I'm going to take caller number three, it's my lucky number, at 520 519-1490. That's 719-1490. Caller number three will win a pair of tickets to go see Fluffy on uh, July 16th at the Ava Amphitheater at Casino del Sol. Call now, 520-719-1490. Caller number three going to win themselves a pair of tickets. And uh, if you don't win today, fear not, because Spears and Ali are going to have tickets this afternoon, and I will have tickets all week long for you guys to uh, continue to try to win. So good luck. And uh, enjoy the show. So we were talking about the NBA draft, the NBA mock draft that came out today. I, I, I've only looked at Jonathan Givenies so far this morning. I, have, I had so many other things to prep. I only wanted to look at his just to kind of see uh, where he had Dale and Terry and the other Wildcats going. Now, I mentioned that in that mock draft, he has Benedict Matherin going eighth overall to the Pelicans. That is a uh, that is a, a pick that would have been the Lakers pick if they had, you know, decided not to send away so much for Anthony Davis. And uh, given he writes with a healthy core of talent already in place for the Pelicans, including significant star power and excellent role players, adding a dynamic shooter with versatility such as Matherin would make plenty of sense here. Uh, and he's right because the Pelicans were dead last in the NBA this year in three-point shooting. And bringing a guy like Benedict Matherin in would certainly improve that pretty much immediately. <laughs> Gives you a, a, a real legitimate 40%, a legitimate 39 to 40% threat uh, from three by bringing in Benedict Matherin. And you can certainly do worse uh, than Ben Matherin at number eight overall. I think it'd be a good fit for him. I think, you know, working for a guy like Willie Green, uh, you know, playing for a guy like Willie Green would be good. And being you know around some of those players, you know CJ and and you know those are you know they're they're pretty good guys, and I feel like uh, that team really showed something this year in the postseason. Depending on what's going to happen with Zion in this offseason, if he comes back to play with them next year, you know they could be you know a top five or six seed in the Western Conference. Western Conference is so loaded, man. Uh, they could be a, a five or six seed in the Western Conference coming up this next season. Now, next on the list, you go down to number 27, which is where he has Dale and Terry going to the Miami Heat. It says, uh, uh, his write-up here says, few teams have been as successful drafting in the first round as the Heat have over the past few years. Uh, The team seems to prioritize finding young players who fit their mentality culturally and have room to grow in their strong player development infrastructure. 
which is 100% true. I mean, I talked about it last week. Like, you would hardly recognize Miami's roster if you only watch college basketball. You're like, who the hell are these guys? But they, much like the New England Patriots, they don't draft flashy, you know, big-name people. They vet the process out and find guys that fit their program, fit their system, fit their culture, and then they develop those players into stars, which is, you know, why Miami Heat uh, and Eric Spolster are constantly playing for Eastern Conference, uh, you know, titles and such like that. They're always in the hunt. Now it says here, Terry has been one of the big winners of the pre-draft process so far, impressing teams with his character on and off the court while dropping glimpses of significant versatility and upside that he can grow into at just 19 years old. So I, I agree with all of this. Um, I think that Miami would be a wonderful spot for Dalen to go. However, there have been players that have been withdrawing from the from the NBA draft this morning. And while we're still waiting to hear on if Dalen is going to continue the draft process or withdraw and return, obviously if, if anything happens during the show here in the next 51 minutes, I'll let you know. Um, but it sounds to me like he's probably going to stay in the NBA draft, and he should. Uh, you're going to be, a, you know, a top 28, 25 pick. I think you should stay in the NBA draft. Go and, and look, and, and if he goes, listen, these are the teams that are he's that he's going to be, you know, looking at possibly, uh, you know, getting drafted by. The Brooklyn Nets who pick at 23, the Milwaukee Bucks who pick at 24, although they're probably going to be looking for a center. I would, I, he's got, given he has them taking Walker Kessler, and look, Walker Kessler is a uh, a fine young talent. Obviously, he's tall and he's long. Christian Coloco showed that he's equally as long as Walker Kessler is. He's they measured the same length at the draft combine, and although Walker Kessler is a uh, a, a much more uh, I, I guess proven rim protector, as he led the uh, he led the nation in block shots and block shots per game this year, but. Christian Coloco is a much better athlete than Walker Kessler, a much better finisher at the rim, and can step out and shoot. I, I, I just, man, maybe it's my bias. <laughs> I, you know, I got to watch Christian play up close and personal for the last three years. I've seen his development. I know how he's improved over the years. And I've said on this show many, many times that he is the most improved player in the history of this program since Channing Frye. And ironically enough, they're very similar in skill set. What did Channing Fry become late in his career in the NBA? He was a three-point shooter. He wasn't, he wasn't a guy that was playing down low and fighting for rebounds and protecting the rim. He was a three-point shooter. He's real damn good at it, too. And uh, Christian Coloco, I was watching video of his workouts. He had, a, uh, he had a, a, a closed workout that somebody was videotaping, and I saw the video of it. And in that video, he made – seven three-pointers in a row, and not just standing there shooting. This was a workout, okay, where you're moving, catching the ball, shooting from different angles, shooting from different distances. He made seven in a row in this little video that I saw, and it was not edited. This was not edited video. It was it was a full run, about a 55-second, just under a minute video uh, of him shooting. He made all seven. <laughs> so, listen, I, I to have him at 43rd overall – Maybe it's accurate, but I'm telling you right now, if he goes 43rd overall, there are going to be about 13 teams kicking the living hell out of themselves 
in three years for not drafting him. I think he's first-round talent. I really do. And I know that the NBA doesn't look, you know, for that type of a player because he is. He's a lot like DeAndre, not the, not the physical specimen that DeAndre is. But when you look at his athleticism, his ability to step out on the perimeter and defend guards, ball-dominant ball guards uh, on the perimeter, get out, block shots. He can run the floor as well as any big man in the country could. Uh, I just I feel like <laughs> I feel like teams are missing out on bringing players like that in. I personally I think Milwaukee is the perfect fit for for Christian Coloco. He has them taking Walker Kessler, who and I look and I know that that Christian people are like down on on Coloco because of his age, uh, because he's you know he's he's almost twenty two years old. Well, Kessler will Walker Kessler turns twenty one. Uh, in a couple of months, so it's not like he's not like he's you know a spring chicken compared to Christian Coloco. He's a, he's a year year younger than him. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm still sticking to my guns. I think Arizona gets three all three players drafted in the first 35 picks of this draft. I really do, uh, and I think that that would be an accurate uh, you know string of of picks for for these three particular players. I don't think Dalen should come back to Tucson. Would I want him to come back? 100%. I love being around Dalen. I like talking to Dalen. Uh, I like talking to Al, his dad. And listen, you know, there are plenty of people out there who, you know, want him to return, for, you know, just because they want him to play for Arizona again. They want to, you know, run it back and try to get another run at the tournament and stuff like that. Look, Arizona's going to get another run at the tournament with or without Dalen Terry. Are they a better team with Dalen Terry? 100%. Absolutely. You can't deny that. He would be probably the best player on the team uh, this year. I mean, I, I don't think there's there's much doubt in that. But, you know, for me, I like to see guys strike while the iron is hot. And you just don't know. I mean, I always and, – and I know that <laughs> this is just the one, the one uh, example in a million, but it's one that sticks out in my mind. If Marcus Smart – Stays in the NBA draft after his junior season at Oklahoma State. He's a lottery pick. Instead, he went back to Oklahoma State, tried to try to get them, you know, further in the tournament, tried to win a championship, whatever, get to a Final Four. Ends up having a really subpar season, gets a nagging injury that wouldn't go away, and he slips out of the first round completely in the in the in the NBA draft. So, cost himself a ton of money. So I feel like look, players should strike while the iron is hot. And I know that that Dale and Terry will have opportunities to elevate his draft status if he were to come back to Arizona. But really, I mean, if we're talking, if if he's getting a top twenty-five grade, why would you even flirt with that? Like, just just go, go, be a pro. Hopefully, he ends up in a good situation. I think you know, Milwaukee. Uh, Dallas, Miami, Golden State, those are all the teams that are going to be drafting in that 23 to 28 range. All of those great landing spots uh, for, for Dale and Terry. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens here as we, uh, as we you know, move through the day, and we'll see if, if and when he makes his decision today whether to return to, uh, to Tucson or to stay in the uh, in the NBA draft, but we'll uh, we'll if again if that happens here during the show, I'll make sure that I announce it for you. I'm keeping a close eye on stuff here, and then of course uh, we'll most likely know by the end of the day today. So for the three to six show today from uh, from three to six with uh, Spears and Ali, they should have something for you. 
The NBA Finals are set. It's the Celtics and the Warriors. The Warriors have home court advantage, even though they were the lower seed in the conference. They have a better overall record than the Celtics do. The Warriors are a considerable favorite in this. According to FanDuel Sportsbook, they're coming off at a minus 160. That's that's pretty that's a pretty considerable number, all things considered. Uh, so, and we'll, look, we'll get into that because the first game is Thursday. So we'll we'll start talking NBA Finals and stuff like that. I'll start breaking it down for you. We'll give you some predictions and some picks. Uh, I can tell you right now that the Warriors are the favorite for a reason because they're the better team. They're an ex- extremely well-rested team. They're going to get Andre Iguodala healthy. He's going to play in the finals, and it sounds like GP2 is going to play in the finals too. He's been practice. He's been cleared to practice um, after breaking his arm <laughs> in the in the postseason already. So this is uh, a remarkable little comeback here for GP2, and uh, I I feel like you know obviously he makes them better. I don't know to what capacity he'll be able to play. He broke his elbow, for God's sakes. Sounds ridiculously painful. Um, but he has been cleared to practice, and they've still got a few more days to warm up and get ready for the finals as they uh, they tip off Thursday. Meanwhile, over the weekend, it was the Celtics defeating the Heat in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in a game where Eric Spolstra is still seething as our Heat fans over the Max Struess three-point field goal that was made and then waved off several minutes later during the third quarter of Game 7. Now, Spolstra, being a, uh, a well-respected man of the, uh, you know, of the coaching ranks, said that it was not the reason that they lost, but, but <laughs> that it certainly changed their approach to the game at the time. Because Struess... Makes he he shot the ball. There was a eleven oh six. Only they only they were less than a minute into the second half. He makes the three pointer on the baseline. Okay, and they're showing replays of it. And I'm like, I think he's, I think his heel is out. Like when he catches the ball, his heels oh definitely over the line. But he's kind of on his tippy toes. Did his heel come down? It's really really close. Well, the NBA was looking at that while the game was going on. There was no. Um, there was no stoppage in play. There were no fouls called. There were no out of bounds. Like there were no like nothing like that uh, for several minutes. It was like three and a half, four minutes of game time had gone on. So like eight or nine minutes. Well, I shouldn't say eight or nine minutes because there would have been timeout. But it it seemed like it seemed like forever. And then they go to timeout. They come back and the score's been changed. And now during that time, the Celtics had gone on a run. It was a it was a was a three point game I think at the time three point game or something like that a four point game after Struess made the three pointer, um, and then the Celtics went on a little bit of a run there. Now Spolstra is upset because it took so long to, um, you know, to conduct the review and reverse it, that by the time you know it had all been said and done. He said they went from a nine-point deficit to a 12-point deficit, and you're like, he was like, well, what just happened? Why did we just go from a nine to a 12? Obviously, watching the scoreboard, as a coach does. I, I, I don't think this is going to change anything the, the, you know, the way the NBA does. The NBA is not going to just call and stop the game in the middle of the game. You're like, hey, we've got to review this because that would be a whole new can of worms that we do not want to open up. The right call was made, in my opinion. I feel like... In, in my opinion, his heel was 100% over the line. There's no, there's no dispute there. I do feel like when he caught the ball, his heel was on the ground. And then he, then he elevated to, to take the jump shot. I feel like it was the right call. 
Now, granted, it did take some time to get the right call made because it wasn't disputed by the Boston Celtics or anything like that, but it was the league looking at it to make sure that the game's being scored correctly. And they, they did the right thing. This happens in games all the time. It just rarely takes this long for the play to be looked at by the, by the officials or you know whomever it may be. College basketball happens all the time. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting there calling an, an Arizona game and a three-point shot is made, and as the referee is running back down, as the official's running back down the court to get to the other side, he'll look at our review, uh, you know, our, our review attendant and give him the, you know, run it back, we're going to look at it. Now, there have been several occasions just at games that I've been calling where it's been two or three minutes since the play occurred. Sometimes, you know, four or five minutes it's been, like where there's just been back and forth, up and down, no fouls, no out-of-bounds, no stoppages in play. And the officials, I remember one time they had to be reminded, like, hey, you asked us to rewind this, come over here. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's right, because it had been so long. They come back, they look it over, and then they tell us, nope, that's actually a two, change the score from a two to a three. Okay, fine. It's, you know, in that situation, you know, whether their toe was on the, the line or whatever, it just changes by one point. I can understand why Spolster and the Heat are so upset because it erased an entire three-point basket in in that instance. And again, it didn't change the outcome of the game, but according to Spolstra, and I, I think that he has a, a point, it changed the way that they approached the game at the time because when you're down, being down nine is a little bit different than being down 12. And maybe it does change enough of your strategy and enough of your rotations and things like that to to potentially alter the outcome of the game. I don't believe that it did, and I don't believe that Eric Spolstra believes that either. But regardless, it changes some things. But that's just kind of the way that it goes, unfortunately. It just took a while to to get the decision made. So there are people out there, they're like, the NBA needs to change the way they do these things. No, do not change the way you do these things. This was a once in a, uh, in a blue moon type of situation where it took that long for a stoppage in play. Hell, in this in this year's playoffs, with the amount of fouls that have been called, you would have expected a foul to be called almost immediately after that play was made. But it wasn't. For some reason, neither team was called for a foul for another four minutes. So that was that was probably the most the strangest thing about the whole situation. All right, uh, congratulations to Nelson Ortiz. Nelson Ortiz won the uh, the tickets to go see Gabriel Iglesias in the Fluffy Comedy Tour coming up July 16th. Again, we'll have more tickets tomorrow. More tickets. Uh, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Wednesday because today's Tuesday. See, I'm forgetting stuff. We'll have tickets Wednesday, Thursday, and, uh, and Friday to give away for the uh, Gabriel Iglesias Tour. So stay tuned. If you didn't win today, good luck on, uh, on future days. And, of course, like I said, Spears and Ali have them for 3 to 6 also this afternoon. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, some NFL news and notes, as my promise to you every day here on the Jeff Dean Show, talking some NFL next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the 75th NBA Finals. To celebrate 75 years of the NBA, we're giving all customers a $75 referral bonus. That's right. 
you'll give and get $75 in site credit when you invite friends to join America's number one sports book. Now, here's how it works. Just invite your friends from the app. So if you, like, you'll see, like, the, uh, um, like, the, the, like there's a, a little button at the top where it says invite, I believe is what it says. Uh, make sure that they sign up with your referral link because you'll be able to text them the link because they'll just, you know, they'll click on that and it'll link it to your account. And then once they place, once they place any bet of at least $10 or more, you both get the bonus. You'll get 75 bucks, and they'll get 75 bucks. So the offer ends June 2nd, so at the essentially when game one of the NBA Finals tips off. So you've only got a couple of days to take advantage of this. So don't miss your chance to bet the Finals with a bonus. And if you're new to FanDuel, you can also sign up with my promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, to get free bets after your first bet. That's promo code DEAN, only on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And invite your friends today to get your $75 sportsbook credit. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Referred players must wager $10 within 28 days after signing up. Limit 10 referrals. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires after seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. So the Rams dealing with this whole Aaron Donald offseason, this is going to be an interesting one because he's been essentially flirting with retiring. Now it's going to be it's going to come down to a situation where either he's going to play for fourteen million dollars this year, which is what he's at under his current contract, or the Rams are going to sign him to an extension. Now he's really, I mean, honestly, he said he is content with his career ending at this point. He should have been the Super Bowl MVP, uh, but his current contract was fine when he signed it. It's become outdated by certain changes in the market and the salary cap, not to mention his unparalleled greatness as being one of the best players in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see if and when that deal gets done, if it's possible for him to do so. All right, we are going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll continue with more after this right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Talking some NFL here. Had to make sure we got back on schedule there on the clock as I tend to go a little bit late with certain things. So thanks to uh, everybody sticking through that uh, through the break there. Uh, okay, so continuing on with some NFL. Now, there, I, I know there's been a lot of chatter about the 49ers offseason and Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. My biggest thing is I don't feel like people are listening. Like, And, and I'm talking about the media. I don't know, fans, I don't know. But the media and what they're reporting, it just seems to me like they're not really listening. Like I saw Kyle Shanahan's press conference on Thursday where he was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and where he said he starts off essentially the you know the line of questioning that he was getting about Jimmy he starts the, 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 his response with first of all i fully expect jimmy to be traded some at some point this season that's how he starts his response then he continues to go on talking about other things you know and the development of Trey and that you know they're you know they're they're looking forward to having Jimmy back and he's been nothing but uh you know a a great and true professional during this whole process and blah 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 and then the reporters immediately go to 
no trade imminent for Garoppolo. Are 49ers cooling on Trey Lance? Did they make a mistake? Blah, 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 blah. And nobody seems to, re- to remember that the first thing he said in the press conference is, I fully expect Jimmy to be traded at some point. <laughs> like, like he, he basically said in that same press conference, look, he surprised us when he decided to have surgery in the offseason on his shoulder. Like, basically, this is, you know, if, if I'm reading between the lines, and Kyle does a, a pretty good do- a job of, of being somewhat candid, and he's, he's pretty open in certain areas with the media and other areas he's completely closed off. But when he said, when I'm reading between the lines here, and what he said, basically, he surprised us with the with the the option to have shoulder surgery. It sounded to me like we had you know multiple trade partners for Jimmy already lined up, and then once he decided to get the shoulder surgery, unbeknownst to us, every single one of those trade opportunities went away because he was going to be ineligible to even pick up a football for four months. So. Of course, nobody was interested any longer in a uh, a recently repaired Jimmy Garoppolo. So it kind of threw a wrench in the 49ers' plans to trade him. Now, this is not a this was not a ploy, in my opinion, by Jimmy Garoppolo to to block a trade. Uh, I just feel like he was probably like, "Hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take this opportunity now to get this worked on. We're you know we're done with the regular season. I, you know, I went through this. We went to the playoffs. All that." I, I, you know, I need to get this worked on. Apparently, the 49ers didn't much know about that, or didn't want anybody else to know about it, which is even, even you know, more of a of a realistic type of of case there. <clears throat> Where, you know, now that you know the 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 you know other teams have cooled on possibly making a trade for Jimmy, so it's probably going to be a situation where once he gets back on the field and starts working out again, and he's cleared from his surgery. I believe that the trade talks will then heat up. Now, there are some members of the media who will lead you to believe that he is losing trade value as the you know, the longer this thing goes. The longer this thing goes, the less the 49ers are going to get. I think it's the exact opposite because what those people don't understand or don't remember or choose not to remember is just how desperate teams are during the season for good quarterbacking because things happen, right? Guys get hurt. Uh, you know, situations arise where you didn't think you were going to be a contender, and all of a sudden, two guys you drafted showed up and are absolute dudes, and you, all of a sudden you've got a, a really stout running game, and uh, you know other defenses haven't been able to stop your run six weeks in a row. You just need a quarterback to be able to deliver the ball. Maybe you've got a young quarterback who's unproven. Uh, maybe you need a guy to get you some wins in the postseason. You know, whatever. It happens every single year in the NFL, and it seems like nobody's ever available because we talk about this all the time. Like when we're talking NFL during the season, it's like, oh, this team, man, they'd be great if they could just get a quarterback, but who are they going to get? And I say all the time, you know, fans are like, we need to trade, you know, we need to get a new quarterback in here. I'm like, great, tell me who it is. Like literally, who who's going to be better than the guy that you have pulling the trigger currently as your quarterback? And the answer is usually nobody. Or they give some stupid cockamimi uh, response like, oh, we could make a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Get out of here. (laughs) Okay? This year, there is a dude who is available, a guy who will come in, who has worked in several different offenses, has been to the postseason, been very successful, is essentially one throw away from winning a Super Bowl, 
and a guy you can rely on to be a good locker room dude as well, somebody who's really well-liked by the players across the league. People like playing with Jimmy. People like working with Jimmy because he's easy to get along with, and he, he genuinely wants teams to be successful. So I think, personally, I, I and this is just me kind of you know remembering the, the content and things that I talk about throughout an NFL season, that his, his value will actually escalate as the season goes on. We talk in five, week five, week six, week seven, if a quarterback goes down or if there's blood in the water for a team that, you know, maybe like, and, and, okay, I'm just, you know, just throwing this out there, okay? So, you know, maybe Cleve, maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't get, you know, isn't, isn't allowed to play, or he gets a 12-game suspension or something, you know, some really big suspension like that. And it's essentially going to be a, a situation where he's not going to be a changer for the for the Cleveland Browns this year. And maybe Joe Burrow takes a big hit in week two. And Lamar Jackson, who is still unsigned and un, I wouldn't say unhappy, but doesn't have a contract moving forward after this year. He's a lame duck quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe things aren't going so well. And we know the Pittsburgh Steelers are rebuilding right now. And the Cleveland Browns find themselves at 3-0, and they're running the football like crazy, but they can't find a trigger man. They're, their quarterbacking situation's a mess. Cleveland Browns would absolutely look to look to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and would give the 49ers what they want, which is a first-round pick. So <laughs> there's a lot of people that aren't listening and aren't remembering how this league goes. Uh, personally, you know, I, I saw I was I saw Colin Cowherd yesterday had said something like, "I'm not buying what the 49ers are selling me." They're saying that Trey Lance is the future, but yet they kept Jimmy Garoppolo. What else were they going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> like, they were forced this offseason to make some moves that they probably didn't want to in order to get cap space so that they could keep him in the event that, uh, you know, things either didn't go well with Trey Lance or, or maybe, just maybe, they knew that they weren't going to get value for him in the offseason that they wanted and they're going to try to keep him during the season to get what exactly what they want now maybe this is you know a situation where john lynch and kyle shanahan are just trying to squeeze orange juice out of a rock they already got remarkable return on investment in jimmy garoppolo why press for more well because you're trying to win a super bowl (laughs) and it takes Every little bit of effort and every bit of advantage that you can possibly get to try to win a Super Bowl in this league. So if the 49ers can upgrade from a third-round pick to a first-round pick, they're going to find a way to pay Jimmy Garoppolo his $25 million this year, keep him for a few weeks, and then trade him somewhere else so that they can get what they want for him. Why would they not do that? I, there are people like, oh, they're just being greedy. Dude, bro, this is the NFL, Okay. You, first of all, you should be greedy. This is the NFL. You're trying to win a championship. If you can upgrade from a third-round pick to a first-round pick, that's huge. That's massive. So eh, a, lot of, a lot of shade being thrown at the 49ers right now, and I just think that it's a situation where people aren't listening and they're not recognizing the situation. Mel Kuyper Jr. came out with his first mock draft of the 2023 for the 2023 uh, NFL draft. No surprise, Will Anderson, the defensive end from Alabama, who would have gone number one this year if he had been eligible, will be the number one pick, barring you know some catastrophic event where he gets injured. 
he'll be the number one pick in the NFL draft. He's he's unstoppable. He's unblockable. He's ridiculously good. Uh, he's ad- and he's probably better than even advertised. Gets seventy nine quarterback pressures last year. Seventy nine. That's insane, considering the amount of number of the uh, the amount of um, first of all the amount of games they play. Second of all, the amount of times people are going to try to run the football against Alabama. You don't want to try to throw against that defense. Then, in a surprise, he has Bryce Young going number two overall, the quarterback from Alabama, over C.J. Stroud. Now, a lot of people would scoff at this. C.J. Stroud led the uh, led college football in total quarterback rating, total QBR last year. He was a uh, 91.6, which is f- a full four points higher than Bryce Young was. But the Heisman Trophy uh, and his touchdown-interception ratio and his athleticism, I think, is something that he's kind of, you know, looking at as to be a, a, a difference maker for Bryce Young. Now, he's smaller. He's only six feet tall, and I think by the time we get to the, the combine, by the time they measure him, I'll, I'll bet you dollars to donuts he's under six feet tall at the uh, at the combine. Meanwhile, C.J. Stroud stands six foot three, uh, can deliver the ball all over the, the, the ball field, uh, has shown really good accuracy, 72% accuracy last year, which is insane, uh, specifically how how many deep balls they throw uh, at Ohio State. So, um, and, and granted, I mean, he has had first-round pick wide receivers all over the field, which certainly helps at Ohio State, but I still feel like C.J. Stroud is the, is the, the better of the two picks uh, at the quarterback position coming up for the, for the 2023 draft. But, you know, hey, what do I know? Just been, you know, covered. And Grant, I'm not trying to take away from what Mel Kuyper says. It usually, if Mel, if Mel Kuyper says that this quarterback is going to be taken higher, a lot of times that's correct. However, those projections are usually correct within a month of the draft, not 11 months with, from the draft. So, But we'll continue to watch that because, look, it's NFL draft season year-round in sports. Everybody's looking for – you know what the next player that's going to be uh you know the draft darling and who's going to make a difference at the next level and stuff and eventually Arizona will be in the conversation because they do have some dudes on this team that are going to be drafted in the NFL over the next couple three four or five years so looking forward to that all right I'll take a time out when I return we'll put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean show that's next right here on ESPN Tucson The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Glad to be back with you here on a Tuesday in the final day of May. Getting ready for June tomorrow. Lots of great things going on in the world of sports early on in the month of June. We've got the NBA Finals starting on Thursday. The NHL Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals are set. Uh, uh, the Eastern Conference, I'm sorry, the, it's the Western Conference. Western Conference starts tonight. Edmonton and Colorado, that should be a good one. They are two insanely good hockey players uh, playing in that uh, in that series. That one should be fun. And then you got the Blue Shirts, who took care of business against Carolina yesterday and their ridiculous goaltending that they're getting. Uh, and they're going to be taking on the two-time defending champs. Tampa Bay has been waiting for a long time for them after they swept the Panthers out of the postseason. So Stanley Cup playoffs, 
in full in full swing right now. You've got Arizona baseball. They're going to be in Coral Gables this weekend, taking on Ole Miss, a rematch of the Super Regional from last year in Tucson. And uh, they're going to be in the uh, the Miami Regional, see if Arizona baseball can continue their run in the postseason. Uh, and then, of course, Arizona softball, as they get ready to take on the World Series starting on Thursday. They're going to be they're in Stillwater right now. Uh, and they're going to be taking on uh, Oklahoma or in Oklahoma City rather, uh, as they take on Oklahoma State in the first round of the College World Series. Only eight teams remaining in softball, and uh, so we're going to be lots of stuff to watch for uh, for Arizona Wildcat fans coming up this week and this weekend. So be ready for that. And as I mentioned, we'll we'll keep an eye on what's happening with Dale and Terry and uh, his decision because it's going to come down today. He has until tomorrow to decide whether he's going to stay in. The, the NBA draft or move on. As I mentioned several weeks ago and many times on this show before, I do believe he is a first-round pick, and I think if you're a first-round pick, you should absolutely go. Even if you're going to be the number, you know, the first pick of the second round, I think you should strongly consider going. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because that's when he worked out for, for Indiana, uh, the Pacers have the 31st overall pick, which is the, the first pick of the second round. So. Um, that may be, you know, a situation for him. I think he's gone before that, especially with some of the players that are now withdrawing from the NBA draft, uh, one of them being a player who was moving up the draft boards uh, rapidly in uh, Terquavion, uh, Terquavion Smith as uh, he was moving up the, uh, the, uh, the draft boards and somebody who was actually just ahead of Dalen in Jonathan Giveney's mock draft this morning on ESPN.com. So well, we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, tune in today from 3 to 6 for Spears and Ali's. They'll keep you abreast of any of that information as well. Last week, we talked about Colin Kaepernick getting the workout with the Las Vegas Raiders. I had questioned whether he even showed up. Apparently, he did show up. There was no video of it. Uh, but the Raiders considered his workout, quote, that he did show up for and make a workout for, quote, a positive. And that was it. That was basically all they said. It was positive. Kaepernick who is now 34 years old, has not played in the NFL in six years, um, is, is getting some kind of, I don't, know, I don't know what Josh McDaniels is doing with you know, bringing him in. Obviously, there's no heat on Derek Carr there right now. Derek Carr is firmly supplanted as the, uh, the number one starter. He's QB1 in Las Vegas, period, end of story. Uh, they did trade for Jared Stidham, who was with Josh McDaniels last year, uh, the last couple of years actually, in New England. And they also have Nick Mullins, who they signed uh, in the offseason as well. So I, I, I don't know. Look, GMs will always tell you, general managers and personnel guys will always tell you, we're always looking for any way we can improve the, our team. If, if, if it can improve our team, we're going to do it. I just don't know. I don't think that this was an improvement workout more than it was a PR workout. And those just, you know, <laughs> they're, as, as, they're as false as uh, as can be, in my opinion. So I don't think anything's going to come of this. If he does get a, an extended workout with the team in the, in the preseason, well, then I guess we're all going to get to see what he's got left in the tank. All right, that is going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work to keep me on the air. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in today. And we look forward to seeing you guys again tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, for another edition of the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.